Hey, I'm Christopher Russell, and I'm hanging out here with Elias on the Man Cave. Uh, check out A Lot Like Christmas on JSC Family this holiday season. Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to the party, pal! You're my boy, Blue! You it! it! A podcast with interviews of amazing guests from the world of pop culture. Oh, yeah! TV. Nice! Movies. Oh, I love the movies. Comedy and more. From deep inside the Man Cave, your host, Elias. Chris, welcome to the cave. Hey, thanks for having me. Pretty uh, fun times coming out of you. You know, just had a Christmas movie that just got released a few days ago. Uh, Day of the Dead. You got another role coming out of Reacher. You've been busy. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been doing what I can in these uh, these times. Yeah. So I, uh, when I was doing some uh, research, I wanted to like, how did you uh, decide this is what you wanted to get into? Oh wow. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I've uh, I've kind of always go back to this story, and it, because it's true. Um, in my uh, preschool, when I was, I guess I was four or three or four years old, uh, they were doing a nativity scene at Christmas time. Uh, it was like a little play, mm. you know, so you have uh, the your baby Jesus and your wise men and uh, Mary and Joseph and then all the other uh, little uh, townsfolk and then the animals. And uh, I was I was a donkey at uh, <laughs> <laughs> at the birth of Christ, <laughs> uh, not in not in reality. I wasn't a donkey at the birth of Christ. That's uh, I'm talking about the nativity scene. It was uh, yeah. So anyway, so I remember coming out with my little um, you know homemade ears and tail and getting a, a nice reaction from the uh, from the audience of parents with my uh, donkey vocals, and uh, from there I just. I, don't know, I just always remember growing up, I was always in school plays when I could be. I was in theater camp and like, I just loved movies like Willow and Legend. The one with Tom Cruise that uh, he himself has says, said is his least favorite movie he's ever made. It's actually my favorite movie he's ever made. Um, and just, yeah, Indiana Jones and Star Wars and all these things. And I was just like, man, I want to be a part of that. I want to be able to do that. And uh, I just kept doing a uh, small town theater and I got an agent in the city when I was a little bit older and uh, one thing led to another and 18 years later I'm <laughs> making a living at it <laughs> so you were born in Toronto are you still based out of there or uh Toronto Vancouver now yeah okay sometimes like LA but I don't I don't actually have a home there or anything so like growing up in Canada how did you like most you know most like I've had other actors and come on the show and they always talk about playing hockey and everything. Did you grow up playing hockey? Did you think about even trying to get into that? Yeah. So my, um, my parents are from England and they emigrated here when they were like 20. Um, And then they had me pretty quick after that. And they still were firmly um, rooted in their Britishness. So it was all soccer, football, as they call it. Yeah. Yeah. And I did ask to play hockey and my dad was having none of it. <laughs> <laughs> so I would just like, it would just be like pickup games. Like I went to skate and everything, but I never, I never got into it. Like a lot of kids my age, but uh, by the time my brother came around, he actually, he was in a league for a good portion of his life. He doesn't now, he just runs a restaurant now, but well, not just, it's an accomplishment, but yeah, he gave awesome. up on the hockey. 
So you mentioned uh, Toronto and Vancouver. Do you love how like the business has boomed in Canada with like TV and movies between Toronto and Vancouver? Oh, it's amazing. Um, yeah, I guess. I mean, Canadians for the most part in the cities anyway, we, uh, we you can confuse us with the Amer- Americans and uh, it's a perfect place to go and shoot uh, film and television uh because our cities too resemble basically anywhere in America, you can double it for, for anything. And we're so close and uh, our, you know, we get tax breaks up here and it's a pretty good incentive, but yeah, it's uh, it's really busy. There's a lot of studios going up. Netflix is b- building a studio in uh, British Columbia. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. There's uh, there's, there's already a whole bunch of studios out here. Um, I guess we have X files to thank for that. Um <laughs> Yeah, when that show came out here, everyone sort of sort of followed suit. Um, and Toronto too, they've got like Star Trek Discovery shooting in Toronto, massive studios there. Uh, yeah, there's a lot going on. Like uh, you read all the articles and everything, and one of the like the big jokes is like, is Vancouver not even like a place to live anymore? Is it just a big movie lot, TV lot, and then that's it? <laughs> you like, know, people, what? I do the people say... move out. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, living in Toronto, I I rarely rarely bumped into anyone i knew um and i rarely saw a film set anywhere even though it's equally as busy as vancouver it's just there's something about the way it's set up here that every day i will see a set uh, whether i'm a part of it or not i will see Mm. a, a movie set or a television set somewhere i will run into another actor or another producer or director or someone somewhere in my everyday life like it is just full of people in the business for sure. Now, uh, prior to before like COVID started, everything when you were going out for auditions, everything were you doing a lot like in face auditions in Toronto and were flying to Vancouver? Uh, no, it depends where I was based out of. So, uh, for instance, I was living in Toronto when I got the role for Dirk Gently, but the way I did that was I sent a self tape and then. Um, they responded well to it and we set up uh, this was before zoom was the new thing right. so we set up a skype meeting so i did a skype audition that's usually how it works but like for screen tests and stuff yeah you fly out for sure i've, I've flown out uh quite a few times for screen tests yeah. and now it's funny now because now we have you know you have your, like your zoom audition or you could do a self-tape or you go in person what do you enjoy the most what do you feel more comfortable with uh it depends on the the project i mean to start i think to kind of just get my bearings i like to just send a self-tape of my own making and if they respond well to it then i would like to meet them and get their take on it too and then see if we can work together and come up with um come up with something that we all agree on but i do find and i will say this and a lot of actors probably agree with me that going in the room for a first round of auditions when they're just trying to figure out what it is they want mm-hmm. and l- just getting that, w- getting one shot at it and then leaving, it doesn't really feel that good, but you know, like you go in, you, you literally have one take at it and then that's that I'd rather have an opportunity to do like, you know, three or four different versions, see which feels best and then send that up. What what goes through your mind before you go into like a a live audition when you're sitting in that room and you're looking around and you can see other people are going for the same role as you? Like what goes through (laughs) you? How do you how do you like prep for this? 
Oh man. Uh, well, when I was younger, it would be, uh, I'd be sitting there looking around like, Oh man, I don't know why I'm here. They're going to get it. Oh, look. Oh my goodness. Oh, Chris Hemsworth just walked in. What am I doing? I gotta go, <laughs> you know, things like that. Uh, but as I've gotten older and, uh, I just realized that, you know, someone's got to get it. So why not me? So if I'm showing up and I've done my homework and I'm ready to go, then it, it's really just going to boil down to, um, you know, so many things that are out of your control. It could be like height, look, yeah. uh, you know, the, uh, the way your voice sounds compared to someone else they've already cast, like weird little things that you like nuances you have no control over. But if you can go in and just give it the best authentic um, uh, performance yeah. that you can, then. But yeah, sitting there before when like, yeah, when you walk in a room and there's like six to 10 different guys that look pretty much the exact same as you it's like oh man what is this business what am i doing <laughs> what's what's the most you've had in one day doing like a live audition when you're going from one place to another to oh. another where mm. uh, probably four probably four would be the most does, in one day so how, is that like mentally like exhausting for you like how does that go through your your process yeah um you'd think it would be but there's something about having too much to do that can actually make somehow my brain starts operating at a much more, much more functional hmm. um, uh, calibration where I'm able to just compartmentalize everything and just go for it. I mean, yeah, I've actually, yeah, I've booked jobs on a day where I've had like a whole, a whole bunch of auditions in the same day. Uh, but also it depends, right? Like if one of the auditions is 18 pages and then you've got like a five and a 10 and a six page, you kind of, you're just going to be reading off the page and hoping for the best. Like that's a lot of memorization to, to put your brain through with short notice. Right. But if you have the time, if you've got time to prepare, then it usually works out. Especially like when you, like your four different roles, four different characters, you want to try to yeah. for each one the way you want to play them. Yeah. It's kind of fun though. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of fun and it's it's this big relief too once you walk out of that room and you're done it's the build-up right because it's like that's like getting ready to to for a race you're you're waiting for them to you know pull the pull the trigger on the starter pistol and you're just like yeah and then once you go it's just like everything kind of just uh, evaporates around you but until you get in that room and just get going until you get the first line out it's always like I don't know. It's like <laughs> just bouncing to get in the ring. You ever, you ever walked out of there and like, I don't know, half hour later, you're like, oh man, I should have done it this way. Or like, you ever, oh, like think all about the time. Because <laughs> some people don't think about that. Like I've had other yeah. guests where they're just like, you know, I don't know. I don't want to think about it. I did my whatever I had to do and I left and I went to the next thing. Yeah. If you can put me in touch with them so I can, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I can ask them how they do that. That would be great. Um, but you <laughs> Are you kidding? Like, that's why I like self tapes because then I can I sort of be the uh, puppet master in <laughs> what version is seen. Right. But if it's a live audition and like, first of all, I'm not watching myself. So how do I even really know how it went? Right. I have my own perception of what's going on just based through my lens, but their lens is of everything. I'm just seeing what's in front of me. So it's always, it's always so skewed. And then like, yeah, half hour later, my memory is like, trying to replay what happened and keep it going and be like, did this, no, Oh, you should have. Oh, you should have. 
but then like our memories like anything is it's like it's not entirely accurate anyway and i'm aware of that so i'm able to move past it but i'd be lying if i said i didn't think about what i could have done better every single time i walk away from it so uh yeah let's talk about a little bit about day of the dead uh, how like exciting has been this for you with like the you know pretty much in a zombie world another zombie show it's yeah. up there at sci-fi tell us a little bit about that oh uh, that role was a dream come true for me i mean uh trey bowman had so many different layers to work with and he's also um the comic relief on the show a bit and uh just working with such fantastic writers and the special effects like those zombies they look pretty good and just to be around it like <laughs> uh, it was just a lot of fun that's that's pretty much all i can say about it as an as an actor it was very satisfying to be able to say the words that they had written down for me in that script or those scripts pardon me um because they're so clever and witty and but not like the character wasn't witty but their writing was um it was just a real pleasure did you go in for trey originally or was it anybody else no it was trey from the start and i (laughs) this will sound very conceited but i don't care i remember (laughs) sending the tape (laughs) and thinking (laughs) thinking if I don't hear anything about this, something is something is wrong <laughs> with these guys at this show. <laughs> I just felt so strongly about the characters. It's, it rarely happens where you feel like it was written for you, but I was, I was, I'm Trey Bowman. I was born Trey Bowman. So, so do you get that? I'm sure, call- there's plenty of other actors who could do right. a great job with it, if not better. But that's how I felt in the moment. <laughs> so when you, when you got the call that you got the role, like, so how did that make you feel then with the, after going through that phase that you just said? Well, yeah. And also they, uh, they did this thing. They put me on hold, okay. like keep these dates clear, but without an official booking for a good two months. Oh, so wow. I didn't, I didn't get the official booking for like two months. I was like, what's, who, what's going on? Who, who else is in the mix here? What's happening? <laughs> who so who you, do I have to go talk to about this? <laughs> so when you put yourself on hold, it means you can't even like accept another role during that time. You to, can, you can, right. but you let them know. And then you're out of the running, right? right. You go, listen, I've got this offer um, for this other job. That's going to conflict um, what's going on. And then that'll either push them to make a decision deal or okay. let you go. And if they let you go, then they they weren't really that interested to begin with. They're just keeping their options open. So when you, when you booked the role, like, so how did you go after about preparing to play this character? Oh, um, yeah, it was a while ago, but um, I just, so I got sent a couple scenes um, and a little breakdown of who he was. And I just sort of went in there with this idea that um Everything Trey says he believes is true. Um, and if you've seen the show and you see and hear the stuff that comes out of Trey's mouth, it's it's ridiculous. It makes no sense. But I found it, it for myself. I was like, to be truthful, but also comedic at the same time, I need to operate on a level of, of truth and belief in everything I'm saying and doing. And um, it's almost like, this movie came out way after, but like the way, actually, no, I'll use Will Ferrell and Elf. Trey's not like Will Ferrell and Elf 
um, on the surface, but the way that Will Ferrell, like the things he would say and do in that movie, and he just believed it, and he was so like almost innocent and naive. That that's Trey, and also I looked at it like this guy can't say no. That's his problem. He just can't say no to anything, and that's why he keeps getting in all these problems. Um, so that's sort of how I went with it with Trey. Like the, did you go back to like watch like any other like type of movies or like shows that is similar to like the zombies just to get an idea also like how to interact with them or fight oh, against it, them? Yeah, no. So I went back and watched the original Day of the Dead, but then I also okay. watched Shaun of the Dead. All right. And I watched Zombie Land. Like I'd already seen all these, but I just yeah. uh, just to prep, I just kind of got in the zone with that type of thing. And uh, then I actually watched a couple episodes of The Office, <laughs> <laughs> just because I was like, you know what? That's kind of what I want to. I want to just mash it all together and see what happens. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, uh, what was like the your favorite experience filming this? Oh. Um... I think there's this there's this one there's a lot of like exciting experiences but the most fun i think i had most satisfying part was um when i uh when revealing to my son that i had an affair with um his mother's and my wife's uh assistant um it's just so funny the way it's written and how upset and devastated my character is about the situation, but revealing it to my son and revealing a little too much information to him. Mm. Uh, that would have probably been my funnest scene to play. Um, but then also there's, there's also another point in it where I uh, smash uh, a zombie to death um, or, or do I, but I smash a zombie with a big shovel and, uh, that was a lot of fun doing that with the blood splatter coming up and everything like that. It was good. Any bloopers out there that we're going to see someday? I don't know. I don't have any. <laughs> you got to ask her though, right? Yeah. So uh, I mentioned earlier, a couple of days ago, you also had a Christmas movie uh, come out uh, a lot like Christmas. Are, is that going to be on repeatedly now through Christmas? Yeah, it's gonna. It's got a lot of dates. Um, I don't know them offhand, but right. they, they will be, uh, they will be, showing that quite a few times before December 25th. I'm sure I already know that there's at least uh, 15 dates on, on um, super channel heart and home, which is the Canadian version. I'm not sure what's happening with uh, GAC uh, family, but I know that they, they play their movies uh, often. How different of a role is this? Like doing like, like, a, you know, one of those home hearted Christmas movies. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Zombies to Christmas. It's uh, I mean, I, someone mentioned the other day, I should do a zombie Christmas movie. I was like, hey, you know what? <laughs> um, I, there's something about making not just a Christmas movie per se, but anything within this sort of family friendly, yeah. uh, wholesome genre, which is quite a departure from sci-fi for sure. Um, as a, as a person there, such a pleasure to work on. Um, I just feel good every day leaving that kind of set um, because as an actor, there's certain uh, roles that you take on um, and depending how dark you have to go with it, like some of that kind of sticks with you and you can feel like you're in a bit of a funk while you're shooting it. Like I definitely yeah. felt that way um, before on uh, other shows, but yeah, making a Christmas movie, like 
especially on this one. So a lot like Christmas, the whole cast and crew were just so wonderful to work with. Everyone was happy to be there. Everyone was doing their absolute best. And it just looked magnificent when we'd go to set. And it just, I don't know, if you like Christmas like I do, then you're going to like this movie. And I definitely, definitely enjoyed working on it. And this is something you can watch with your family too. So it's not like yeah, zombies and everything. Definitely don't watch Day of the Dead with your kids. Um, <laughs> definitely don't. But a lot like Christmas, yeah, for sure. Whole family. And now, uh, when is Reacher coming out? Uh, so I believe it's February 4th, 2022 on Amazon Prime. So what can you tell us about that? Uh, can you so, say anything about that? So yeah, I can I can say a bit. It's about um, Jack Reacher. If anyone's familiar with the novels by Lee Child, it's it's um, based on his first book, The Killing Floor. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so it's your first introduction to the character of Jack Reacher um, in sync with how the books came out. Um, there were the movies that came out with Tom Cruise. Uh, they were they were kind of they were just they cherry picked the books they liked the best and based the movie on that. But this is actually starting at the beginning, and uh, Alan Richardson plays Jack Reacher. Um, and if you're familiar with the books, he looks just like it's described, just like Jack Reacher is described. And I don't really know what else I can say about it except it's going to be thrilling, action packed, and uh, pretty exciting. And I play Joe Reacher, Jack's brother. Are we, are we going to see you in any action scenes? I can't say. <laughs> right. So, well, any other? What what else is next for you now? Just taking some time off until these shows get rolling. I've got uh, another movie, Love Is Trending, coming out January eighth on the Hallmark Channel. And other than that, there's a I think there's like four other things kind of in um, post production right now. So I'll keep you posted on that. But what I can confirm, Love Is Trending, January eighth, and uh, Reacher, February 4th, 2022. Uh, Chris, how can the listeners and the viewers find you on social media? Uh, Chris Russell Official um, on Instagram. Chris, this was uh, great. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, everybody. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening to the Man Cave Chronicles podcast. I finally get my man cave. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the MCC Podcast. And our website, themccpodcast.com. Until next time. Until next time.